Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't. But I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. All right, everyone, I hope all is well and that this new month of May is off to a good start for you. I am so excited to be sharing today's episode with you all because joining us is the brilliant and inspiring Alexandra Dorda. For those of you who may not know, Alexandra is the founder of Kasama Rum, a Filipino rum brand that was created to celebrate Alexandra's own Filipino heritage and bring a fun, fresh take to the spirit market. Alexandra launched the brand in February of 2021, and since then, she has sold over 70,000 bottles of Kasama rum. And she's now even working on plans to expand her presence in the spirit industry. So in this episode, we'll be chatting about why Alexandra decided to launch the brand, the role her Filipino heritage played in Kasama's mission, and what she's hoping to accomplish moving forward. I am really looking forward to you hearing from Alexandra, so you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, Alexandra, I am so excited to have you on. Like I just said, I like to talk about rum. I mean, what an exciting topic. What an interesting topic. What you've done with Kasama Rum, I think is so fascinating and I'm excited to get into it. But before we start talking about all that, how have you been? How is everything on your end? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm good. I'm currently in New York, so I've been traveling a little bit and I'm back in New York, which is a city that I used to live in. So I'm really happy to be here and to sort of feel the life of the city and see a lot of old friends. So I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Oh, good. I know I miss New York terribly. I'm over in the UK right now, but I was in New York prior to- Oh, I was just in the UK last week. No way. (laughs) We could have done this in person. Where are you? Are you in London? I I was in London over the weekend, but I'm actually up in Leeds, England right now. That is too funny. (laughs) Yes, we just sort of, we just missed each other then because I was just there last weekend. That's too funny. Yeah. But luckily enjoying like some good weather, I feel like summer is like creeping its way up, which is wonderful. And I think with that, I feel like rum is a great sort of, I don't know, rum can be found in so many different beverages, but I feel like a lot of beverages in the summer, it's a great type of alcohol to consume um, around that time of year. So I'm excited to just get into talking about the brand then, if you will. Um, 2018, I believe, is when you started the company, right, Kasama? 2018 is when I had the idea. Um, okay. And then it took me it took me about two years to get the brand off, off the ground, to sort of go from conception to actually bringing it to life. And mm-hmm. then there was a pandemic. So then it was a little, bit, a little bit delayed as well. But yes, 2018 is when I first came up with the idea. And I sort of couldn't believe that nobody had done a run like this. And I still can't believe it. So I, I'm really happy that this sort of space was left open for me and I was able to launch this brand. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I like what you just said there that nobody else started sort of a rum brand like this. Mm -hmm. So if you wouldn't mind sort of explaining then, like what does set Kasama apart from other other rum brands, other companies in general in the alcohol industry? Sure. So Kasama is a rum from the Philippines. Um, It's deeply personal to me because that's where my mother comes from. 
Um, and a lot of people don't know this, but the Philippines is actually one of the largest rum producers in the world. So I think we're second or third in terms of rum volume of rum produced. And then also we have the second highest rum consumption per capita in the world as well. So we have a very long history of making rum and drinking rum, but it's a story that really hasn't been told internationally because most of the rum in the Philippines is consumed, produced and then consumed domestically. Um, Kasama is really a rum brand that I designed for myself and, and for my friends. It's very youthful, it's very vibrant, colorful and tropical. Um, and it's really a celebration of the Philippines, which is a place that I love so deeply. But also I think it has you know, appeal whether or not you're Filipino. It, it's really about sort of an island lifestyle and you know that moment of drinking cocktails on the beach with your friends. And to me, it was wild that the rum category before, and it's changing a little bit now, but still largely the case, is so based on these really old-fashioned nautical tropes, right? We have the captain rums and the pirate rums and the cartoon sailor rums and the galleon ship rums and, and you know, the rums that are called, you know, I don't know, they're from like three centuries ago, right? And, mm -hmm. and I didn't understand why that was the case. To me, I think rum, like you said, it's, it's about summer and it's something that can be really fun and consumed in a very social environment. But I didn't feel like any rums out there were doing that. And I literally couldn't believe it. <laughs> and I, I sort of thought, I, I dreamed up this rum and I was like, there's gotta be someone that's doing a rum that's very fun and tropical. And like, as a millennial, we really are into wanderlust and travel and sort of destinations. And, and so a lot of the, the branding that we do is about celebrating the place that the rum is from, which is the Philippines. Um, and I set a Google alert on my phone, a daily Google alert for rum, which I still have. And I was like, someone, either I just haven't found this rum yet, or someone is going to do it. And you know, my idea will sort of be taken away from me. And I, I was working on the, the concept solely because I was actually, I had a full-time job somewhere else. Um, and just somehow nobody did it. And I, I was thrilled. Um, and so we launched Kasama, I launched Kasama, soft launch at the end of 2020. And then the official launch was February of 2021. So we just turned one. Oh, that's so exciting. And a really interesting time to, to launch a brand, I feel like with the pandemic going on and we'll get into talking about that, I guess in a minute, Right. but, um, I want to get back to the point you made about your, um, you know, Filipino heritage and sort of honoring that through the brand. I think that's wildly fascinating that I didn't realize that about rum and coming yeah. out of the Philippines and it's historical significance within the country. I think that's really interesting. And I, I was looking into Kasama, the name of Kasama and what it actually means. And if I did my research right, it, it really means togetherness and inclusivity. So why was that sort of uh, an important part of the brand for you to, to make a name out of it? Yeah, so it means, it's a word that means a lot of things in, in Filipino. It means together, it means companion, it can mean sort of going somewhere with someone. Um, so it, but it really is about being with, with other people. Um, and to me, that was just, it really spoke to the ethos of the brand and also the ethos of the Philippines. Like this whole brand is really inspired by that. And Filipinos are very, very friendly. They're very warm, they're very social. They find literally any excuse to have a party. Um, actually just before this, my mom, who's currently in the Philippines, she just sent me, she ha was having like a reunion, a high school reunion dinner party. And I was like, didn't you just have one of those, you know, a month ago? She's like, yeah, we just did it again. Like they just <laughs> love to, to get together and have a party. 
around food and drink. And so to me, it really spoke to that convivial atmosphere that we have there. Which is so important, like I said, especially with the pandemic and everything we've all been through just like as a globe of people. (laughs) Um, I think that's really, really important. So, you know, you brought up launching the brand then, um, the official launch in 2021 last year. How was that starting the company in the midst of a really, I mean, globally, a really difficult time? I feel like for some consumers and some entrepreneurs, it, it, it was a difficult time for some businesses to launch, but then other businesses, it was a great time for a launch. So how were you finding it? What were some obstacles you faced? So it was, it was a challenge. Um, so we originally had planned to launch in May of 2020. And at the time, first of all, the pandemic was sort of still something new that we were all grappling with. Um, And it just, that was when the product was ready. And we didn't, we weren't able to launch it then because actually our distributor at the time was not taking any new items, right? Because everybody was, everybody was scared, right? And and nobody wanted to take a chance on something new. So we pushed the launch back to when they were starting to take new items, which was September. And then we actually launched for the first time in October. And it, um, Honestly, it was it was a strange time. I really wondered, is this a time to launch a brand at all, right? It just didn't seem mm-hmm. that important at the time in the context of a global pandemic. And then to launch a brand about conviviality, right? And coming together and, and you know, having a party, like that just didn't really seem right. So it was quite a slow, we were very quiet in the beginning. We didn't do any marketing beyond having like a social media page. We didn't put out a press release, anything. And also part of that, I think, was just my own um, fear or insecurity. You know, when you come up with a brand, it's it's something that's very much in your own, for me, it's very in my own head, right? So I, I came up with something that I thought I was cool, that I wanted, that I liked, and basically just hoped that somebody else would want it too. And I don't do any market research. I, I certainly ask my friends and I show it to people in my network, but I don't do any formal market research. So it, to me, it was um, even if there wasn't a pandemic, I think I would have launched very quietly just to sort of test the waters and see, is this something that anybody else in the world other than me and a few of my friends who were nice said that they wanted. So it wasn't really until February of 2020 that we started to um, gain momentum and, and, and I became more bold having seen that some people did want this from. Um, and, and that's when we did our official launch, but it was very strange. It's in the alcohol business, we always say, you build, a, you launch a brand in the on-premise, which is bars and restaurants, because that's where people can try things. That's where, um, you know, they don't have to buy a whole bottle. They can just buy, you know, a cocktail or a shot. Um, and that was not really possible because they weren't open at the time. So we, it was sort of very flipped. Most of our sales right now come from retail. So liquor stores, grocery stores, things like that. And that's not common. So, and that's true of many brands that had launched recently. So it's sort of, we did it in the up in the sort of backwards in a way. Mm-hmm. That's, re- that's really interesting. And I also was curious because then with your sales, um, cause you've done very well over the past year, you know, I was reading, you know, stats about the company and you've done very well. And I was curious, I think, cause we did an episode last year around St. Patrick's day with um, a rep from Teeling whiskey and talked mm-hmm. about the whiskey industry and all of that and how during the pandemic, like, 
so many people really were drinking a lot during the pandemic. I mean, I remember like walking around the neighborhood and seeing just like, you know, recycling days, (laughs) just boxes (laughs) of like wine that was shipped to houses. So I'm curious, did you find that even though, you know, bars and restaurants weren't open where people would normally go for, you know, happy hour or whatnot, did you still find that you were able to really reach, reach an audience? We were really able to reach an audience. And I think First of all, that was sort of um, having been in this industry before and having relationships that were existing and also having help from my family, we were able to bring it to a lot more markets than, um, you know, than than a a totally new entrant to the category might have. So I reached 35 markets in my first year, 35 states in my first year, and then also were available in Poland, um, which is actually where the rum is bottled. And you can sort of talk about why that is. And then also Australia last year just a month ago. So in our first year, we reached three three countries and three continents, which was fantastic, um, which I think really speaks to the, the brand. It's, it's something that sort of has very, very mass appeal. But also we were able to reach people through social media and especially um, my base, which is the Filipino community. And I sort of tear up every time I talk about it because they've been, just been so supportive all across the United States. And I've just had so many people reach out to me on social media and say like, I'm so excited to see our country and our culture represented in this modern way. And people will, strangers that I don't know, will reach out to me on social media and be like, hey, like my cousin's wife's dad has a liquor store. Like maybe like I can connect to you, you know, or I just, mm-hmm. somebody recently was like, my friend has a bar in Brooklyn. Like, I think it'd be perfect for Kasama. Like, oh, let me connect to you. So it was also really very grassroots in that way. And um, the Filipinos are actually one of the largest, uh, it's, I think we're the second largest Asian community in the United States, which also a lot of people don't know. And so I naturally had a group of people who were very, who had a lot of affinity for the brand. And that definitely pushed it, helped to push it along in the beginning when I think it's the hardest to get started. And, um, you know, I think that's a time when full of like, insecurity, as I've mentioned for myself. And, and so I think to have that group of people who were very supportive at the beginning really helped help me and help the brand get to where it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I think it's so awesome that you're highlighting, you know, a culture and a country through this brand. I think it really sets it apart from other rum brands I've seen. And then also what you've decided, how you've decided to market it. I checking out your social media pages, you brought it up earlier. It's very fun, colorful. Like it really <laughs> genuinely has me excited for summer. <laughs> um, and That's my goal. I just, I'm so happy. Yeah, it, it's it's really, really, really fun. And I think too, social media, um, you know, it's one of those things that I always go back and forth on. But one thing I, I love about social media is that you really can find community within it and just people who want to help other people. And that's wonderful to hear that as an entrepreneur, you've been able to get, you know, pointers or or tips or or whatever, just support from people on your social media platforms. Um, Because I think that is one thing that is really, really crucial. I've had, you know, so many different entrepreneurs on the podcast in the past and the way they use social media, I think it's really critical. And I just think it's awesome that you've been able to find like so many positives within it. Um, and then also, you know, you're bringing up sort of the, the manufacturing and the distribution of it. So I want to get into that because like I said, I am new, I'm new to rum. I've obviously (laughs) like had my fair share of like cocktails with rum in the past, but 
it's, it's not a type of alcohol that I am like accustomed to. It's not one I very much, I, I drink whiskey. Um, and I've gotten into whiskey over the past couple of years, but I, I feel like rum is something I really want to try. I'm so excited you and your team have sent a bottle my way. So I'm very excited to try it. I'm curious with the sort of the crafting of the bottles, you do a seven year aged bottle, correct? That's correct. So it is a rum that is distilled and aged in the Philippines. It's distilled from noble sugarcane juice, um, not molasses. And so that sort of contributes to it having a lighter, fruitier flavor profile naturally. And then it's aged there in ex-bourbon American oak barrels. So it gives it a touch of that sort of vanilla and a little bit of spiciness that comes from that bourbon flavor profile. And then what's interesting about Kasama, well, I think there are many things, but one of the things that's interesting about Kasama is we actually send it to my family's distillery in Eastern Poland, where it's blended, bottled and packaged before being um, sent to the United States and, you know, to different places now to be enjoyed. And so I think that, so I have to explain a little bit about my background for that to all make sense. So my mother is originally from the Philippines and my father is from Poland. Um, and I grew up primarily in the United States and Poland. So for me, it's very personal to, to sort of connect my cultures in this very unique way. But also how I got into this business was that my father, both of my parents are entrepreneurs, but my father launched um, two vodka brands when I was a very, when I was just two years old. So I sort of like to joke that although I'm 30, I have 28 years of experience because I literally grew up in this industry with him and with my family growing our own, you know, our vodka brands and, and eventually acquiring a distillery in Poland. And now we, we are distillers and even farmers. Um, so that's sort of how I got into it. And, and this is the only rum in the world that's bottled in Poland. Um, but yeah, it's sort of a little quirk about the brand that I need to explain for it to make sense. Because otherwise I was like, why, you know, why would you, why would you ship the rum like this? But yeah. So it's, it's, for me, it's, it's a deeply, deeply personal brand because it connects these cultures in, in such a personal way. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that's what makes it really unique. Um, and like thinking about businesses and entrepreneurs and individuals who are really just, you know, starting their own companies up from the ground running. Um, I, I think you have to sort of, I mean, anybody can have an idea for something, right. But I think you have to put that you factor into it, what makes it special and significant, significant for yourself. And then that's the reason why others will hopefully care about it too. And I think that's what you've been able to do with this. Like you said, it's very personal. It's very much, you know, a symbol of your heritage. It's a symbol of your sort of upbringing, unique upbringing. And I think that's really awesome. And I I think definitely looking at, you know, different companies that I personally care about, it's ones that have a really unique and innovative take on, you know, their founding. So I think that's great. And I guess with the crafting of it and then the distribution of it. So um, the rum itself, you know, you brought up sort of the flavors. What are, I guess, if you want to be more specific, what are the types of tastes and and flavors within it as, you know, if somebody's going to have just like a, Kasama rum on the rocks or whatever. Um, what are some of the flavors that people can expect? So it was designed, I designed it to be a very approachable rum. So my sort of thesis on the rum category was that it's very polarized at this point. So there are those rums that we drank in college, maybe in a horrible punch bowl. 
And then there are fantastic rums that are sipping rums, but they're really for that um, rum, not even enthusiast, like, like a rum connoisseur, right? And I, I feel like in this category, there isn't really a lot for the person in the middle who is a cocktail enthusiast and likes to try different things, but sort of doesn't fall into either of the two categories that I mentioned before. So it was meant to be very approachable um, to bring new people into the category. It's great to sip on by itself or on the rocks or as a great base for tropical cocktails. In terms of the actual flavor profile, there's a lot of sort of butterscotch. There's a little bit of chocolate on the nose, but also tropical fruits, like kind of citrusy tropical fruits. And then when you taste it, there's a lot of ripe pineapple. There's a hint of vanilla, like I said. There's a little bit of pepper and also a little bit of salt, which I personally like. I like sort of that mix of sweet and savory. Um, and so I think it plays well, like I said, it's quite flavorful already. So you can, you can sip it neat and that's very pleasant. And that's often how I drink it, or it's really great in tropical cocktails, like a classic daiquiri, which is made with lime and simple syrup. And I think that those ripe, um, pineapple flavors play really nicely with those, with the lime. Um, mm-hmm. so it's really meant to be easy sipping and easy drinking all around. If that's perfect. Cause I was just about to ask you, like, what's your favorite, like go-to cocktail with it? Um, I love that. I love a good daiquiri. Um, like I said, getting me really excited for summer. I can't wait to try this out and all those flavors sound wonderful. And I, I think, yeah, like I said, it, it's interesting because I, I feel like too, as like a gal, (laughs) like when I started drinking whiskey, I mean, just even St. Patrick's day, right. This past St. Patrick's day, I remember I was out drinking whiskey and a few people were like, how can you drink that? It must be so strong. And I feel like it's surprising. At least I found surprising sometimes as like a girl to be drinking like liquor and, and whiskey and, and all of these things as opposed to wine and maybe a beer, um, rum. I am not sure if you found that same sort of that same, uh, stigma, if you will, with, with rum and like being a woman yourself. I definitely have. And I think I, I found that across all categories. So I think a great example is I personally have a little bit of a drier palette. I really like, um, I don't like things that are super sweet. And so Oftentimes I'll be like out with friends or out with guy friends or out with my boyfriend and I'll often get the old fashioned or the martini or, you know, something that is very spirit forward. And I'll Mm -hmm. be with a guy who gets maybe the fruity cocktail and they always bring it. They always give the fruity one to me and then the sort of spirit forward one to the man. And, you know, I don't, that's, that's fine. I don't really have any particular feelings about that, but I definitely think that that's true. And I think that it's, it's, it's a stereotype that isn't true at all. I think that there are lots of women who are into spirits. And actually, I have an idea for a whiskey. So I'd love to talk to you about your, your whiskey Ooh, preferences at a different time. But um, I also think it's because a lot of the brands in our category are really male dominated, which is natural because the industry is very male dominated. And it's natural for men to create brands that they resonate with. And mm-hmm. you see that across all categories but like in the rum category you know why did every rum have a pirate on it or a ship or you know frankly a dead like a dead man right like a sketch (laughs) of a man from you know the 1700s and I think it's because it was primarily men creating brands that they wanted and there wasn't that thought about well does a young woman want to be a pirate you know I certainly don't I I don't have dreams of sort of 
commandeering a ship. Like that just isn't what, <laughs> what's interesting to me. And I think that that was very true in rum. But like I said, I'm, I'm happy that that white space existed because it allowed, you know, me as a 28 year old with no market research and, you know, no financial backing to create a rum brand that's really resonated with people. Um, and I think that there are lots of other categories that are ripe for disruption. So I'm sort of excited about all the opportunities in, in the space. For sure. Yeah. And you brought up a great point and that's actually something I was considering when thinking, you know, you founding the brand and sort of the way the industry is, or the way the industry has been with alcohol, um, looking at, you know, liquor and just, I mean, just even beer, so many of the, it's not just a male dominated industry, but just looking at the naming of it, like you talked about branding too, just like the naming, um, you know, I could sit here and name names, but I won't, but (laughs) there's so many, you know, just masculine names, whether it be beer, whiskey, rum. I mean, the list goes on. I think it's really interesting that it's been this way for so long, but then there's incredible companies like yours, ideas like yours that you've started that are really popping up and hopefully causing a shift within the industry. I'm curious how you found sort of stepping into this male dominated industry. And do you feel like a shift is happening? Um, is that something you're trying to, I guess, create with, with your own work? So I, look, I think I'm very comfortable in this industry because I've, I've literally been in it since I was a child and I would follow my dad around to his meetings. I would follow my dad around to, you know, doing market surveys. I would go to meetings with our distributor when I was a teenager. And so I'm very comfortable in that environment, but it, it is true that it's very specific, super male dominated. And there are, um, there are problems with it. There are problems everywhere. So, and I'm, that's not something that I'm personally very sensitive to. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as one huge opportunity, to be honest, you know, and I think, um, I think if you alcohol is a a tough industry, you have to have a really, really thick skin, which I think I've built up over time. But I'll give you an example. Like I think before I actually launched Kasama, I think I had the product, but I hadn't launched it yet. But I was talking to a very seasoned person in our industry. And and he basically said, like, look, it's, you know, it's nice that you're launching this, but the liquor store is full. Like it's just, it's really hard to launch a brand, the liquor store is full of brands. And that's mm-hmm. definitely true. But I also thought in the back of my my mind, like the liquor store is full of brands for you. I don't think that we need that many brands that are just speaking to you. I think that we can take some of those out and we can put in other brands that feel more relevant to not only women, but also a younger generation. It's, mm-hmm. it, is a, it, it is an industry where there are lots and lots of st- startups, but it's really dominated by just a few um, multinational companies. And so, you know, I think that's, that's fine. And it is an uphill battle all the time, but I I do, I do sense a shift. I do think that there are more um, female owned brands that are getting into this and, and we've been lucky to be featured in, I think there's a lot of interest in that too, which is why it's a great time for me to launch this. Like, I think consumers are looking to, in everything, but they're looking to drink brands that sort of represent their values and they're looking for female owned brands or sometimes minority owned brands. And so I think all in all, it's been really great for our brand. And I definitely see 
it's a small shift. I don't think it's a, I don't think personally, I don't think it's been a huge shift yet, but it's a, it's a really good start. And I feel like the tides will turn over time. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, and not just within new companies, I feel like stepping into the industry, I hope also for, you know, those bigger brands out there that have been so geared towards one specific like male audience, right. Male market. I hope that, you know, those will become more inclusive to other individuals, other communities, um, and, and hopefully just, you know, I mean, drinking, (laughs) most people do it. So it's, (laughs) it's, it's great to sort of open that up and reach different demographics. And yeah, I think what you, like I said, what you've been doing with Kasama, the whole meaning behind it, it's like this coming together, you brought up celebration and, and sort of get togethers. I think that's wonderful. It's, it's a brand for everyone. It's a rum for everyone. And I love what you're doing with it. And I guess, you know, with that said, um, you have some new projects in the works. I'm not sure what you're able to touch on. But if you wouldn't mind sharing, what are some new ideas or or different releases you have um, that you're working on? So my problem is, is that I'm too full of ideas and I get really, really excited about them and then sort of have a hard time prioritizing and focusing because I am in some sense, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm the only full-time person who works on Kasama. I have a lot of help from a lot of people, but I'm the only dedicated person. So it is it's sort of difficult to manage this plus my, my ambitions to launch other brands. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like what I said, I, I just see because I've been in this industry for so long and I, I, it's literally in my blood. Like I just sort of have, I've been to so many liquor stores. I've been to so many bars. I've been to so many restaurants every time in a movie, you know, a bar scene pops up. Like my first thing that I go to is I'm surveying, you know, I'm surveying what are the products and I can tell what they are based on like the shape of the bottle, even if I can't, see the label. So I really feel this industry and I have so many more ideas. Off the top of my head, I have a whiskey brand, actually two whiskey brands, um, a gin brand, um, Mm. another rum brand, a vodka brand. So, you know, these are just, they're just concepts at this point. I I haven't been able to launch them yet because I'm focused full time on on Kasama, but I, I think there are so many white spaces because, you know, to go back to what you said at the very beginning, you were like, I'm so excited to talk to you about this because it's alcohol, because it's rum. Alcohol is a very high interest category and it, because it's sort of part of the food industry, right? People love, I think food in the last maybe 10 or 15 years has really become like a hobby, right? People before just ate food, but they maybe didn't talk about it as much. They didn't explore it as much. And so I think we've benefited from that, that trend. And so people are really interested in the category and that's amazing because you already have, it's easier to talk to people about something that they're naturally interested in. But I just don't think that for such a high interest category, I don't think that there are that many interesting brands for me personally. Mm -hmm. I think other people might feel differently, but I really think of it as a brand forward industry. I think it's really about the story that you're telling and the why behind it and what it stands for more you know, whether or not this is a good or bad thing, but I think that's sort of more important than the product itself in some cases, mm-hmm. especially in the vodka category, which is where I originally came from with my family's brand. Um, so I just, yeah, I, so to answer your question, I can't share a lot at this point, but mm-hmm. I do have a whiskey that I, I plan to launch at the end of this year. 
Um, and it's, again, it's something that I've designed for myself and with some of my really, really cool friends in mind. Um, and I'm really excited about it. And I, I would love to share it with you once it's, um, once it comes out. Oh, definitely. I love whiskey. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, to what you said, that's a really great way of putting it that to me, I feel like the pandemic has opened me up to supporting small businesses. Right. And the reason behind that is because I see how hard people work. I see the effort that people put into their businesses, put into their craft. And I really, I've become to really appreciative of that um, more so than I was before. And I, I've just, I've seen everything in just this whole new light. So I've become very focused on not just supporting small, small businesses, but supporting people's stories, you know, those ideas that they have and what they intend to do with their companies. And I like what you said about, you know, those sorts of things are almost more important than the product itself, because in some cases it is, I mean, you could have a great product, but what makes it even greater is a great story behind it. A great entrepreneur, someone who's really, you know, putting their, their heart on their sleeve in a way for their brand and for their company. I think it's, it's really profound. I loved that. Um, and I'm excited to see what you continue to do with it. Um, I, I feel like there's, I feel like I'm finding more people, um, and this has sort of been on my journey with it, but more people who are sort of interested with the products they're consuming. Like that's something I've become more interested in is like, all right, like I'm, I'm cause I'm really actually ironically not a big drinker, but I really appreciate the craft that goes into products like rum. For example, I literally couldn't wait to have this conversation with you because I was excited to learn more about rum. So it's, it's things like that, that I've become more um, curious about products and what goes into making things and, and how the industries work. So I appreciated you, you know, sharing all that. Yeah, I think that's very millennial as well, right? We are really an, a, a generation that care. We think everything that we consume says something about ourselves, right? From mm -hmm. our toothbrush to our suitcase to our liquor to, um, you know, I mean, everything in a way that I think prior generations just didn't feel. I was, I was having this conversation recently with somebody that I know with, through my alumni organization, and he's quite a bit older. And, and I was like, no, we can, like literally we think our suitcase represents us and he he literally he couldn't wrap his his mind around that um and so i think i think in the in the industry there in the alcohol industry there are lots of brands that are great products but mm -hmm. are they great brands and i don't i don't i think that in many cases they are not so that's where i really see the opportunity yeah well, that's awesome. And I, you know, I can't wait to see what you do on this journey with yours. Um, but for people who are interested in buying, so you have a small batch, the small batch rum that you were describing mm -hmm. earlier, where can people go to buy it? You guys obviously have social media platforms online and a website. So where can people find, uh, find your product? So Kasama is available, like I said, in 35 States across the United States. Um, you can, if you go to our website, kasamarum.com, there's a find us page. And my dear mother, who was a very successful entrepreneur herself, but recently retired, she is my, I call her my unpaid intern, very lovingly. And she inputs all of the stores <laughs> that we have, everyone by hand into the website. So if you go to the page, you can see um, this great map and you can sort of zoom into where, where it is that 
you are and see if there's a retailer or, you know, a, a restaurant close to you that carries it. But also most liquor stores, um, if you like, if you have like a, your friendly neighborhood liquor store, if, if you are interested in the product, they can usually order it. And you can also order via our website, um, kasamarum.com. So those are, those are some options, but, you know, we're really trying to trying really hard to, to get it out there. And I think to your point earlier about the work that people put into their, into their companies, I think people have this perception of the alcohol industry, that it's very glamorous, that like, you're just having a lot of parties and like, you know, gifting it to celebrities. And that's literally not, that's maybe 2% of it, but most of it is me flying to a city with my sample of rum and like walking from liquor store to liquor store to restaurant, you know, trying to pitch people who have a full store or a full bar on my product. And so it's, it's very unglamorous work. Um, but it's, but it's really fun when it's something that you love so deeply. Yeah. I mean the hustle, like I said before, the hustle is real. It's not, (laughs) it's not that easy, especially like, I feel like social media at times too, everybody can think, Oh, something so glamorous. This profession is so glamorous. It's so fun. Um, but things are a lot of hard work and I think, you know, entrepreneurs, I mean, I, I sort of get a part of it with starting this podcast, but I can't even imagine, you know, starting a business in the midst of a pandemic, it's challenging times. And then just starting a business in general is always challenging um, and getting, you know, off the ground and running, but you've been able to accomplish so much in your, your first year. It's incredible. Um, And I just can't wait to see what all you continue to do with it. But with that said, um, with this being handling it, I always love concluding on advice, you know, a lesson that you've learned. So with that said, um, has there been a piece of advice, uh, something maybe you would give out for fellow entrepreneurs or something you've learned that's really helped you handle your life, handle your business? So I think I have two, depends on where you are in the business. I think a lot of people say, uh, I think a lot of um, people who have ideas but haven't started their businesses yet are looking for advice. And to them, I always say, what I recommend doing is start to invest in your idea because it'll make it so much harder to go back when you, when it's just sort of an idea and you haven't, um, when you frankly haven't spent any money on it, it's easy to sort of let life get in the way and, you know, let the idea fizzle out. And that's certainly something that happened to me many times. I've had so many ideas over the years, but with Kasam, I really thought, I was like, this feels different to me. I really feel like this is a, a better idea, something that really has a lot of potential. And so one of the first things that I did was hire um, a branding, a small branding agency to, to design the packaging and, and sort of bring the brand to life before I had anything, before I had the product. But I was like, I don't want to lose this idea. And if I invest some money into it, it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to follow through. So that's my mm-hmm. advice to people who are in that stage. I think my advice to people who are farther along, and I talk about this so much with my, my other friends who are entrepreneurs, is like, I, first of all, people are like, that's so impressive that you started a business. And I'm like, I literally, thank you so much. I literally don't feel that way. Right. And I think it's that imposter syndrome that we talk about. And I think it's also being alone, um, you know, not having colleagues who I can sort of talk to the business about. So I'm, it's very, it feels very alone. It's very lonely rather. It's a lot of like me sitting alone at my computer, getting to the end of the day and feeling like I sent out a hundred emails today, but I feel like I did nothing. Like, I feel like I didn't accomplish a single thing. And it was only when Kasama turned one in February and we put together like this little video and I sent, you know, I, I 
put together all these pictures I had taken over the year of like, whatever, you know, pictures of, of the business and what I've been doing. And I realized I, when I had that moment of reflection, I was like, hi, actually I did accomplish a lot last year and it didn't, you know, it's, it's not glamorous. It's a ton. It's thousands and thousands of little baby steps that at the time you're like, does this have a purpose? Why, why am I doing this? Have I, have I moved the needle at all? And the fact is over a long time, you do move the needle. And so I think to people who are, you know, in it, like I am, I hope that you can also have that moment of reflection and and look back and realize it, you are achieving something. And that's sort of something that I have to tell myself every day. Yeah. And I, you know, to your point too, cause that's something that I've 100% I've been there, you know, being a one woman show, I've, I've been there and it's, it's exhausting. It's fun though. And a lot of times you're putting work in and it's, you beat yourself up about it, but you know, you talked about those wins. And I think that's really important, especially when you're, like you said, you, you have help from, you have a great team of people to help you. Um, but you do a lot of work, you know, you are a one woman show at the end of the day. And I think with that said, when you get those wins, it's important to sort of remember like yeah, I, I did that on my own. Cause I've, I've yeah. tried to tell myself that cause sometimes I it's, it's lonely on your own. Like when you have questions, there's no one else. There's to no one to, to ask. Yourself. <laughs> yeah. You're, That's you're the sort of the one. To... <laughs> That's the hardest yeah. part. I think. Yeah. So I think it's, it's just when you get those wins and you accomplish those, those goals that you've set out, it's important to remember like, yeah, you know, all those times you doubted if you were able to do it on your own, well, like this is the time when you can say I, I did it on my own. And like, it's a win I can take for myself. So that's, yeah. yeah. I, did, I did this little exercise at the end of sort of just over new year's. And I was like, I wrote down all the things I was proud of achieving in the last year. And I think that was a great little exercise to just like, to give yourself another, another boost, right. To realize, like I said, you I did accomplish things that, you know, every entrepreneur is accomplishing things and you need to, especially when you work alone and you kind of don't really have people to share that with on a continuous basis is to literally validate yourself um, by, you know, writing it down, like giving yourself a little pat on the back. And then for me, it gave me, you know, it sort of launched me into the next year in a, in a good mind space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all, that's all great advice. And I think for, you know, for entrepreneurs, but also just anybody toying with an idea and something that they want to do. Um, it, it's really great advice, but thank you so much for coming on and for sort of opening me up and, and teaching me some new things about rum. I am so excited to try, to try Kasama and to sort of incorporate that into, you know, the different cocktails I, I have this summer. Um, I, I think what you're doing with the brand is incredible and I'm wishing you just all the best with it. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you and I really appreciate the opportunity to share our story. So thank you so much. Well, I hope you were all able to take something away from this conversation with Alexandra today. She has accomplished so much with Kasama, and I personally can't wait to see the moves she'll continue to make in the spirit industry. If you'd like to know more about Kasama Rum, there is information in the episode description for you to check them out and hopefully grab yourself a bottle for the summer. Thank you to Alexandra so much for coming on, and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast, and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I will see you in two weeks with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.